be talking tonight about how the Bible is sufficient for counseling. And uh, we're going to be talking to individuals. If you would like to call in this evening, we are a live program. We want to encourage you to do that. And our phone number is 888-677-9673. That's toll free, 888-677-9673. If you're local, of course, you can call 216-901-0933. Well, tonight we want to talk about the issues of uh, what the Bible can be used for in the sake of counseling. And it comes to uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. That's kind of the text we're going to work out of tonight. And we've been to this text many times in past programs, focusing on the sufficiency of the Word, because the Bible says that uh, we're, we can be fully equipped by the inspired Word of God for everything that we need to live life in a godly way. Now, since that's been a focus of previous programs, we're not going to talk, talk so much then about the sufficiency of the Word, but in that very section of 2 Timothy 3, uh, there, are some, there are four pronounced uh, functions that the Word of God has been given by God, inspired by God, to do in the matter of getting, giving us uh, all that we need to handle life. Uh, now, we should say at the outset, and by the way, I'm joined in my panel tonight by our good friends Armin, Kathy Tiffey, and... Uh, Gus Supan, and we miss Brother Glenn tonight as he's away. But uh, we're here together as a team to discuss these important things and to answer any questions you might have or comments you might like to make to us on the program. I uh, wanted to start out by reminding us all that uh, this particular chapter starts with a statement that uh, Paul tells to Timothy, realize this, in the last days difficult times will come. And I often speak on this particular passage and, and remind people that uh, when Paul was talking about last day's difficult times coming, he was not making a prediction about the year 2000 or something like that. <laughs> he was indeed sp speaking to Timothy, writing to Timothy about something Timothy needed to be aware of. And so there was a last day's kind of mentality in those days in the early uh, church. That uh, whole concept might be new to some of our listeners who are very familiar with last day's writings and current best-selling books and movies and whatnot that, that try to encourage us to believe or persuade us to believe that we are in the last days today. Now, I'm not going to say whether we are or not. That's not the point of our program. There are different views about the end times. But I do want us to see that there was a last days then in the Bible days that we cannot miss. And that started at Pentecost because Peter said in Acts 2, these men are not drunken, as you suppose, but what you're seeing here is what has been fulfilled from the prophet Joel. And he quotes the prophet Joel, and Joel said, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit, and your young men will dream dreams, and your old men, etc. And so Peter was saying by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost that what you're seeing now is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, which was about the last days. So Peter is saying that the last days began right then at Pentecost. And it's a certain kind of last days. I'm not trying to destroy your end times theology at all. I'm just trying to make you aware, to be honest with the scriptures, that there was a last times that they were concerned about. They were living in, in their own world at that time. 
And that's what Paul has in mind as he's addressing Timothy, who's a pastor, a young pastor. And he's saying to him, in these last days, difficult times will come. And he describes the kinds of people that uh, are going to be in the culture that Timothy may indeed come across. Uh, These are people he's going to later say that these people should be avoided for the danger that they could do. However, we're not saying that uh, people with these kinds of problems and attitudes should be completely avoided in the sense that if there's hope for them in Christ, and if they're interested in finding help for their problems, then certainly we would never avoid them. We would want to engage with them and persuade them to find a solution for their problems. Now listen to the problems that are addressed here, and this will just be an introductory thing for tonight, and then we'll head into the, uh, the four things that I mentioned. It says men will be lovers of self. Uh, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and holding to a form of godliness, in other words, they try to look godly, although they've denied its power. There's no change in their life, you see. And That's where it says avoid people like that, people who are pretending to be righteous people, but they're really not. They live ungodly lives. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, panel, quick question. Do we have people like that today in our generation as they did then? Everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Yeah, Yeah, we're, we're faced with people that have all those kinds of problems and more. And Paul tells Timothy later in the chapter Uh, How is he going to deal with this? How is he going to handle these things? And he says in verse 14, You, however, continue in the things you've learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have Mm -hmm. known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the first point I like to make Mm -hmm. in our seminars, when when we do our training seminars, is to point out in this verse that people that have problems like this, whose lives are marked by these particular sinful patterns, uh, these kinds of people need one thing and one thing only to start with, and that is they need to become wise about salvation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who are, some of these problems are considered addiction problems today by our secular culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, many of the things that we just read about uh, have have new psychological names given to them. For example, some of you are familiar with the term here, disobedient to parents. That mm. People will be disobedient to parents. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I jokingly say at some of our seminars, you know, that condition does not exist anymore. And people mm. look at me like I'm crazy. And then I say, no, actually, we do have this other condition now. It's called uh, oppositional defiant disorder, mm-hmm. the same problem. Mm-hmm. And so what what do people need to have when they have these different disorders or problems that have been mislabeled by modern secular thinking? Well, the Bible says clearly they need to know how to be wise about salvation. In other words, they need to get saved. These people need Christ. Yes. And we all did. We all did for different reasons, but we all need Christ. And, and beyond that as well, Joe, uh, uh, as you, we, we look at this passage, and of course we all know this, uh, that it's being wise unto salvation is more than just justification. Uh, I mean, I say just justification, but uh, uh, not that that's important, uh, uh, but it's more than justification. It's also sanctification. Yes. You're using big words. You're going to have to explain that to me. What does that mean? (laughs) 
Well, justification, of course, has to do with our initial salvation. We were declared righteous before God. He declared us righteous on the basis of, of faith in Jesus Christ, his finished work, his atonement. Mm-hmm. Which, which I think is important to point out in in. Second Timothy here, verse 15, where it says, able to make you wise for salvation right. through faith, which is in Christ right. Jesus. Right. And, and the reason right. for that is that not that they just have a, a, a wise understanding of how to get saved. They're saying you, you can learn that by knowing how to get saved for the very purpose of having the power of Jesus Christ to overcome those those, uh, those, those problems, problems that are you more. just defined. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Salvation, salvation, salvation yeah. must be looked at as more than just saved from a fiery hell exactly. or justification. Amen. It entails a growing in Christ-likeness, a progression of sanctification for all the days of our life until mm-hmm. we are glorified. You're exactly right. Salvation is yes. a package deal. Right. It's not. I like to say it this way, Armin, you probably might agree with this, uh, that when people get saved, I, I like to say to them, you know, all you've really done has been introduced. You have met Jesus. You have to get to know him now mm-hmm. and have him work in your heart and be the hope of glory for you so that you die to self and Christ lives through you. Mm-hmm. So the, the initial commitment that people make and they say confidently, I'm saved, and maybe not much comes for that. Or I got Jesus in my heart. heart what does right, that mean? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the issue, as you're saying, Armin, is that salvation is a package. You can't just have an introduction. Right. I mean, there's some famous right. people in my life that mm-hmm. I've met. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's easy for me to say, oh, I know so-and-so, or I know so-and-so. And I only mean that I met them. I shook mm-hmm. their hands. They mm-hmm. said hi to me. Mm-hmm. We had a little mm-hmm. chit-chat. If they they were asked, uh, do you know Joe Proby? They'd probably say, who? <laughs> See? Now, I remember the incident because they're famous or they're celebrity. And back in my mm-hmm. music days, I met some some pretty exciting people, at least they were exciting to me. Right. But uh, do they remember me? We, right, no, we right. don't know each other. We really mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And there are people, I'm s- sad to say, who think they know Jesus, mm-hmm. but they've only been introduced. Right. Right. But, and, but, but why would I make an issue out of sanctification as well? That's why I'm wondering. Yeah. Tell me. Why? <laughs> I think we know why, because this, we're, that's where we're leading to. I remember sitting one time as, with a group of pastors being taught by someone. He was, he was uh, instructing us. And he was coming, trying to, to, to drill in us that all truth is God's truth uh, philosophy. And he writes on the chalkboard, redemption. Okay, redemption. That's everything that we have in the Word of God tells us about redemption. Then he makes a bigger circle, which is talking about all truth being out there, uh, creation that we can, which we can, stu- can discover through uh, uh, scientific uh, observation and so on. And stating, trying to justify for that how uh, scientific or so-called psychological research can be brought into helping us uh, live our lives in in our present age Mm -hmm. and so on. And then I said to him, and I said, well, when you say redemption, you wrote redemption, are you meaning just initial salvation, justification, or do you also mean sanctification? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, no, no, the whole thing, the whole package. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was like, well, then if that's the case, why do we need to go anywhere else Amen. Amen. For, for, to progress in sanctification? Progressing in sanctification entails everything we need to please God. That, that's what mm-hmm. this passage is saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brings us right to this passage. But that's why, that's why I make an issue of it. You, and you should. Yeah. 
You should. And so what does Paul say to Timothy? The first thing that you must be aware of as a pastor, and we ought to say every Christian, the first thing you must be aware of is that people who are struggling with problems, the first thing we ought to do is make sure they have Christ. And if they don't, that's where you start. You don't mm-hmm. spend any time trying to, uh, uh, well, Jesus said it this way, uh, paint the white on the tombstone so it looks newer and brighter and everything when it's still dead inside. People who are lost are spiritually dead. They cannot make changes that please God apart from Christ. And so we need to start with making people wise about salvation. As Gus was saying, the whole issue of It's not just being wise about it. It's doing something about it. It's exercising that faith and becoming committed and signing up for the whole package. This is is why the modern techniques, the modern uh, methodologies of trying to solve problems in the world through all kinds of psychological uh, uh, mandates and opinions doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Or or else it's very short-lived. Right, exactly. It's a Band-Aid. Yes. Well, as our guest last week, Dr. Jay Adams, mentioned to us in the listening audience, uh, he said one of the reasons why the biblical counseling movement is growing is because a lot of psychological methodologies have been tried for the last 20-some years or so since he wrote his first book. Actually, it's been 30 30 years years now that uh, people are losing interest. They've tried the next thing, the thing after that, and there's still no real lasting change going on by trusting the world's quote-unquote wisdom. And so let's Mm -hmm. go back to the Bible, Christians, and let's Mm -hmm. encourage non-Christians to come to the Bible too. And what will the Bible say to the non-Christian? Well, the first thing and only thing the Bible can say to a non-Christian. Be wise unto salvation. Exactly. Because they can't understand anything else. I think verse 7 is an interesting one, Joe. I'm surprised you stopped before there. Take a, read that one. I know. they are People like this are always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ah. Uh, ah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan, huh? <laughs> yes. Grasshopper. Yeah, people studying and studying and studying and still— And can't get and can't it. can't get can't, it together. Right. Now, I don't want to be demeaning, but I will say this. I was stupid. Some of us were there. I, was, I don't want to say yeah. everybody, but the fact yeah. is— yeah, we're stupid. We are blind. We are deaf. We are dumb. The Bible describes it metaphorically because we are, we're dead to spiritual things. We are right. stupid unto salvation. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And so we need to become wise. And we need divine revelation. Yeah. Now, the, the initial thing, he says, is start with that, Timothy. Minister that to people, mm-hmm. the gospel, the, the clear gospel so that they can hear that there's hope for them in Christ if they'll come to Christ. Hope for all their problems and more. And then after the Bible, after they become converted, the Bible now becomes an open book, see? And then there's four things that the Bible, at least in this passage, are given by God to do, but can only do for those who are wise about salvation mm-hmm. through faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And Joe, I'd like to just make a reminder to our listening yeah. audience. If you're in a church that is not preaching the gospel that is not preaching what it means to be saved and how we're supposed to be saved, you need to find the church that does preach that so that you can become wise. You will not learn it. If you're in a church that ignores the Bible or thinks lightly of it, Mm -hmm. uh, you need to get into a church that, and if they want to call in, and uh, we can guide them into finding churches that will accomplish just that. Right. Now, we may not recommend the church right online, but we will get on the phone and and give you some idea of what's good near you. But listen, the number to call is 888 677-9673. And I want you to know that we are podcasting 
on WHK, uh, oh, no, it's actually on our website, www.bci-ohio.com. We'll tell you a little bit more about our ministry a little bit later. And uh, the program is being live broadcasted, live streamed all over the world through the Internet. If you have friends in other parts of the country, you just figure out what time it is over there. But let them know that between this hour, 7 and 8, they can listen anywhere in the world by the Internet and catch this program. By the way, if you'd like to hear past programs that we've had on various different topics, check our website because we list those programs and we give links to you that you can freely download the whole programs and listen to them yourself. So stay tuned now as we give you some interesting resources that will help you trust the scriptures for the problems of life. And we'll be right back. Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. As our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. You're listening to Transforming Lives here at WHKW 1220 AM, simulcast at 1440 AM in the eastern part of the state. And we understand that this program can be bounced all over the country, that there are some 14 states and parts of Canada that are able to listen. Listen, if you're out there, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know that you're listening and if the program has been a blessing to you, if you have a question or comment, and we'd like to reward you for your call. We want to give away tonight uh, a book. Actually, there's two different books. You can pick your choice. One is called the Bible Promise Book. It's a really great collection uh, arranged topically of promises uh, of God, of the Lord to certain areas of a person's life. And the second book is John Piper's excellent book on 50 Reasons Jesus uh, Went Through the Passion. It was uh, put out right after the Mel Gibson movie, and it's an excellent, excellent book. You're 
choice, either one of those books. Mm -hmm. Just give us a call and uh, say something and ask a question if you'd like or whatever, and then uh, we'll put, put you off the air so that you can give the name and address to our producer, and we'll be glad to get you that free gift. So that number again is 888-677-9673. By the way, if um, phone is not your thing and you want to email, uh, we have an email address, Transforming Lives at yahoo.com you can email us ask questions we've had some people talk to us with some particular problems we've been able to give some some counsel and some encouragement and some direction over these past months to those who do email that particular um, email address so we're here to minister to you and we're here uh, also to promote biblical counseling we're promoting the sufficiency of the scriptures to understand problems understand people and to give clear sound authoritative direction to people to help them overcome various kinds of problems and equip them to live godly lives. Biblical Counseling Institute, as you heard on the recent break, uh, is uh, dedicated to that, and we are able to bring training to you. We, we can set up training in your own home in the sense of home study or correspondence course. We're making it easy as possible for you to become skilled and equipped at using the scriptures as well as understanding them. And this passage panel is one of those passages is important to us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because as we said at the first segment, the Bible makes it clear that unbelievers or people, people who aren't committed to Christ really need to find Christ as a starting point. Mm -hmm. People who change their lives or attempt to change their lives or people who try to help other people change their lives without Christ. It's a futile activity. And not only is it futile activity, you all know, and many of the listeners probably do too, that it's a dangerous thing to do that because Jesus' position on that is one of condemnation. He says, woe to you Pharisees, because you're changing people, you're proselytizing people, and you make Mm. them twice the child of hell Mm. than before you got them. You're trying to clean up the outside and the inside is dirty. And Jesus is not not happy with that. And so we don't want to work against Jesus's preferences. We want to we want to work with Christ. And Christ is saying, I want to come into a person's life and take over. I want to be Lord and master. Mm-hmm. Let them be my disciple. By the mm-hmm. way, Armin, this would have been good earlier in your comment. The gospel is sent out by the church, Jesus said. Mm-hmm. You know, he sends us out and he tells us what? Go and make. It doesn't say converts, no, does it? No. It says mm-hmm. disciples. disciples. Grow them. So there's that package concept. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Of course, it presupposes conversion. Well, absolutely. Yeah, right. You can't Evangelism. be a, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the whole concept here, and as Gus was saying, sometimes the church is weak on this today. You know, we want to get people saved, quote unquote, so quickly and easily. We we don't have them count the cost, as Jesus said to do. We just lay something out very simply. We don't talk even about repentance. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the gospel doesn't include repentance. I've been in an email correspondence with someone from Connecticut that's going through a correspondence training with us. And uh, a huge question came up about, what about repentance? He's, he said he's not hearing much about repentance, and he wanted me to communicate that I think that was important. That's absolutely <laughs> it's important. And, and, and Joe, again, the, the, the problem is that many Christians, uh, the Bible says, my, uh, my people perish for ignorance. Mm-hmm. People get saved, they don't get discipled, and they have all these problems and they're not getting solutions, and they're going to, to the world to get them, and right. that's not happening. That's and they right. perish for ignorance of learning the Word of God mm-hmm. to be able to gain victory yeah. over these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me say it in a way that might appear to be offensive. I'm, offensive. I'm going to take a chance only because I care, and that is this. If you're listening right now, and you're one of those folks who got saved, 
but you've really shown very little growth. You're not concerned about that. You're not reading the scriptures. You're not a disciple or a student. You're not trying to become like the master. You don't even know really what that means. I want to challenge you. Maybe you're really not saved. Amen. And I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm trying to make you wake up because if you think you're saved and you're not a disciple, then you didn't hear the right gospel or you committed to something far less than what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And you may be deceived. Mm -hmm. And we would like to you know, we would not that like that to happen. We want you, we want to see you in heaven with us. You need to be a disciple. <clears throat> well, anyway, the passage goes on to say, if the person is uh, wise about salvation, then it says the scriptures are inspired by God and profitable for four things. And those four things are clearly this teaching or some translations say doctrine or for reproof or rebuke and other translations for correction and for training in righteousness. Now, in the rest of the program, uh, we're going to talk about those four things that Paul tells Timothy to use the Scriptures for. We're going to break down each section and talk about what's included in each one of those sections and why those are four essential elements for discipling, why they're four essential elements in counseling. Because really, biblical counseling is not some kind of a fancy professional thing. Biblical counseling is applied discipleship focused and specific discipleship. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. Certainly. So what, what we want to do is see how these terms work. Let's talk about uh, teaching. Uh, what, what, does the, what do you guys say about that? When the Bible says, uh, when Paul says that the Bible is given to teach, uh, do, what do we need to be taught? We need to be taught, first of all, the doctrine of God, who he is, what he expects of us, Secondly, we need to be taught the doctrine of man, of who we are and how we function. And thirdly, the doctrine of sin. Those are the three biggest doctrines that we need to understand from a counseling perspective. That's well put. Someone want to add to that? I think that the Bible also teaches us what is uh, right or doctrine or te- teaching in regards to many of the issues that we face today. Uh, we're we're often tempted to come up with some of our own solutions when you think of things like anger and guilt and mm-hmm. even materialism, selfishness, all these different kind of issues that we struggle with, mm-hmm. um, this, these anxiety disorders and things like that, that the Bible teaches us it has answers to these different issues that we f- that we're facing today. You know, you're right, Kathy. Just this past weekend, we were doing our training seminar in North Canton, and uh, it's our part two session where we actually talk about problems after laying the foundation Mm -hmm. of course one. We talk about anxiety. We talk about worry, depression, fear, uh, anger, and all those sorts of things in in huge segments of time and show what the Bible says about understanding them and what to do about them. And people, I mean, I've seen this for years now, but people came up to me and said they had no idea the Bible addressed Mm -hmm. these things. They just read the Bible and it goes right past their eyes. They don't see it until someone brings it out. I talked, I talked to a woman today who was struggling, who's struggling with, uh, She's a Christian. She says she's a believer, and she is struggling with uh, getting back together with this man in a dating relationship who is not a believer. And I was talking to her about what the Bible has to say about that. Mm-hmm. And she had no idea that the Bible talked about a Christian getting Mommy together with a non-Christian. Right? Mommy she had no idea about that, and she was just like, wow, I didn't know the Bible ta- so, taught about so that. So does the Bible talk about dating? 
Does, yeah, the, does sure. the Bible talk about marriage? Mm -hmm. sure. yeah. Does the Bible talk about legal issues and conflicts that God, might end up in court? God was the originator of marriage. Yeah. I mean, if you talk about going to the place for to find out about marriage, that is the source. Yeah, when when we talk about these things, though, I, I don't think the average listener out there necessarily uh, is thinking about them in terms of doctrine. I think sure. they, they think about these terms and just, uh, as Kathy said, the, some of the issues of life, some of the problems of life. Mm -hmm. They don't uh, connect that in the Bible. It's doctrine. And a lot of churches will say doctrine isn't important. Mm -hmm. It's extremely important. But what they say is doctrine divides. Yeah. And right. we want to all be together mm -hmm. in that, Jesus. That, that's fringe fringe type doctrines. It's, we're talking teaching. We're t actually, a good way of stating it, it teaches us what's right. Doctrine yeah. For life and godliness. Right. Yes. Well, see, what they don't understand is, and, and, and understandably so, we can't fault the average Christian for this. Uh, the concept of doctrine is, is underneath the subhead, uh, subheading of theology, mm -hmm. and what they don't recognize, and, and not even a lot of pe pe pastors sometimes <laughs> because they haven't had enough kind of training, but the issue of what the Bible says about depression or some of these problems comes under the doctrine of anthropology and sure. the effects of the fall and Doctor, sin. Sure. So they are doctrines, but sure. they're not normally thought of that way right, right, right. to help organize, and really for those pastors that may not have had training in biblical counseling and, and are listening, God bless you, first of all, for listening. But secondly, recognize the fact that all counseling issues are theological issues. Mm -hmm. yes. And yes. you probably yes. haven't been told that mm -hmm. or helped to see that. Mm -hmm. But that's all that biblical counseling does is take sound theological concepts and doctrines that the Bible teaches about all of life and applies it to people's lives. Yes. And if they are theological, and I agree, then it becomes the responsibility of pastors to counsel mm -hmm. and not the quote-unquote professional. Now you're on another subject that's dangerous, my Golly. friend. But, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about that more in a future yeah. program, Who, the responsibility to counsel yes. that pastors have and lay people to some degree. Go yes. ahead. Yes, and I think that you know there are so many places within the Word that shows uh, us how important it is. I mean, doctrine was extremely teaching, Bible, biblical, true, but biblical teaching was important to the Apostle Paul. It was important to, to John. It was important to these men, and it needs to be important to us. Uh, it makes me think of 2 Corinthians 11, verses 3 and 4, where Paul says that he feared, it said, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from, from the simplicity that is in Christ. Mm -hmm. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. You know, he was mm -hmm. afraid you're going to fall prey to these mm -hmm. yeah. different ideas, these different teachings, mm -hmm. these different philosophies, and not to what Christ mm -hmm. wants us to you know, You're right, hold Kathy, because we're, we're in a culture right now yes. where the average pew sitter, and unfortunately some preaching that I hear uh, via radio and TV, and I'm not mentioning names, so those are brothers, and I'm not going to do anything to our brothers, sisters in Christ. But uh, the discernment level is so low. Mm hmm that any kind of, not just secular psychology, any kind of wind of doctrine can float through the church and the average person doesn't know how to tell whether mm -hmm. this is solid doctrine or not. Mm -hmm. And so people are at the mercy of fads right. and uh, mm -hmm. ideas and they want to find a cure. They want to find, mm -hmm. they want to find hope somewhere and anything that sounds good, whether it's the, the modern TV program with Dr. So-and-so or whatever, these people uh, 
present themselves as experts. And, uh, and I'm not saying anything wrong about them other than if they're not using scripture mm-hmm. to understand the problem and give direction from the problem, mm-hmm. then they're not experts in what there is wisdom for, for mm-hmm. those issues. They're experts in a secular, uh, uh, counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we're talking about teaching and we're talking about teaching doctrine primarily, but doctrine is a very broad term as Gus mm-hmm. said. Um, I, I ask this of people sometimes in the training classes. Um, are there some husbands who need to be taught what a husband is supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of them. Most, <laughs> Most of, them. of us. Yes. Yes. All yes of them. Yeah. Yeah. All, you know, I, I say this often in the counseling uh, in the counseling room. Uh, people come to me and they have uh, concerns. They have a, a marital problem. The problem when you start getting gathering data, you find out. That they, uh, they, they got married when they were young. Mm-hmm. They didn't get any premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. They grew up in this marriage. They weren't saved. They become saved. And now they've never been trained what it means to be a godly husband mm-hmm. or what it means to be a godly life. Sure. So they don't know that. They have, been, they have been imitating their father, their grandfather, the people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But they've never learned what it means to be a godly husband. Sure. So they have to do that not only uh, people counseling someone else, but for themselves, for themselves in their own marriages. Sure. What, what, it, better, what better place to look than in the Bible to find out what God had in mind for a husband and a wife or a man and a woman? You're yeah. right. Yeah. And you know what's exciting, too, is that the God of the Scriptures, okay, they are inspired, which means that they take on the, the nature of the author, okay? Yes. And he is omniscient he knows all things so he we can trust that he has put in his word he has revealed in his word everything that we need to know like how to be a good husband Mm -hmm. how to be a good wife what to do about worry Mm -hmm. what to do about anger all these things he knows exactly what we need to know and it's all in here how to raise your kids yes joe i think there's something that we we need to we need to bring into focus here too what's that that we're really not the counselor pardon we're really not the counselor you're absolutely the holy spirit is the counselor yes we're just an agent of of taking somebody to the word and let the word by the holy spirit teach them he's the mighty counselor and that's, and, and that's, that's a, a, a mm-hmm. thing we can't we can't lose sight of. Mm-hmm. That's a concept. Who, would, who wouldn't want a perfect counselor? That's a concept the world doesn't grasp. That is unique about biblical counseling. It's one of the one of the opinions of our first particular course, where we explain the fact that if you look at the Bible, the counselor really is Christ. Yeah. He's called the wonderful counselor. And so anybody that's really going to do any counseling clearly must be working with Christ by the Spirit, or they're not really counseling. Uh, they're offering some kind of a substitute counsel of the world, and that's uh, that's not going to really help people. And, you know, that convicts me always of how much <laughs> I need to know the Word of God. Exactly. And because that is, he is the counselor, and that's where the answers lie. And Well, you know, when Paul uh, addresses the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, that's one of his points, is that when he ministered the Word of God to them publicly and privately, he didn't withhold the whole counsel yeah. of God. And so what is the counsel of God? It's the scriptures. So the counselor and the counselor's tools are wrapped up in Christianity, to be honest. Yeah. And, and those of us who are going to help people and those of us who want help had better go to the counselor and the counseling book. Yeah. And so counseling is going to consist then, of first of all, making sure a person is saved so that they can understand that book and they have the counselor in them. And all we would do as counselors 
Uh, we don't need to parrot Sigmund Freud. We don't need to come up with the best uh, ideas of, of analysis tests or whatever. We need to hook up people with the counselor. And we need to have them see in the scriptures themselves and where they need to go from there. And like Gus said, they need to know who God is and what God can do and all of his attributes. And that's a lifetime study, isn't it? Sure. As well as understanding ourselves and our problems. So we need to teach people. We need to teach people about God. We need to teach people what what the standards are, what things are supposed to be like instead of the way they are, and teach them how they got where they are. And all those things are in the Bible so that people can have an understanding. And then once people get taught— um, and there's no end to that, actually. Uh, you're always learning, aren't you? Okay. But mm-hmm. to a certain degree, when, I, when I'm counseling an individual for a, a worry problem, Kathy mentioned a worry problem, let's say we, we are, we're teaching them about God. In Matthew 6, for example, Jesus addresses worry specifically, and he says the key thing to think about theologically about the issue of worry is you've got a Father who'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. What is your problem? Mm-hmm. He's saying, that's my words. I'm not mm-hmm. putting words in his mouth. But your Father, look around you. All of his creation, he takes care of. He feeds, he clothes, he does everything. And in a sense, you're the highest of all the creation. Genesis tells you that. How, what makes you think he wouldn't take care of you when he takes care of lesser mm-hmm. things? Mm-hmm. And so worry is fundamentally a doctrinal problem you don't trust God to provide for you. You don't, and that's because unbelief, you, you don't know you don't know him well enough or believe what he says. So the conquering of worry begins there. It's certainly not the end of all of this, but, but it's that doctrinal thing. So we teach people about worry. Now the thing is, when we do teach people, when a husband or wife comes in and they've been screaming and yelling at each I've had that happen in my office. Have, they, have you guys run into that? <laughs> no, no, no. Never? <laughs> <laughs> you, let me send, I'll send you some. Let me send you some. <laughs> Why else would would they be there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, a lot of people try to be on their best behavior in front yeah. of me in the office, but some Doesn't care less long, about me. They just, <laughs> and so they are screaming. But, you know, when you open up the scriptures and the Holy Spirit teaches them what it's supposed to look like and what the communication sounds like, mm-hmm. then the scriptures go from teaching to doing what? Rebuking mm-hmm. and reproving. Mm-hmm. And that's what the scriptures are given to do, it says mm-hmm. here. Now, isn't mm-hmm. it true that people need to be rebuked? Yes. Aren't there people need to, that need to be told, look, sir, look, ma'am, this yes. is wrong. This, yes. this is not right. You, you can't do this. this is, not, is that true? You know why they yes. need to be rebuked? Because God said so. Because God said so. For yeah. reproof. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's, here's what I'm implying there. When people need to be corrected— and, and rebuked in the sense of, of uh, told and pointed out that they are falling short of the standard that is taught in the scriptures. What are we supposed to use to do that? Well, you all know the answer. But what are people tempted to do in society and even Christians, well-meaning Christians, we're hesitant to use the scriptures for what it was given for. So we're likely to say, uh, survey says that husbands are supposed to open their wives for the door. And so you you see, you don't open the car door for your wife. And so therefore, we're going to rebuke you for not being a kindly, gentlemanly man. You don't do this to your wife. Why? Because survey says or or the recent uh, People magazine says. This this is... This is all well and good, but if the standards of the culture change, we have nothing, Mm -hmm. and they do change. Mm -hmm. So we have to go to the unchangeable scriptures and say, here's where we want to rebuke you. God says this. Mm -hmm. And so the scriptures are given to rebuke. So we're going to think about that for a couple more moments, and we're going to talk about the other two elements when we come back from this break. 
And uh, I want to remind you that we're on live. If you want to call and talk to us or ask a question, we want to hear from you. Our number is 888-677-9673. You can email us at transforminglives at yahoo.com. And so listen now to these resources that you might benefit from and and, uh, come right back. desire to become more Christ-like? I want you to make you aware of a unique resource every Christian should have who wants to grow in Christ-like character. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey is a handbook for putting off sin and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and will help you identify personal habits and tendencies that are hindering your walk with the Lord. This valuable biblical resource will not only help you identify where personal change is needed in your life, but will also explain how to put off old sinful habits and replace them with new godly behaviors. For more information about this wonderful resource, log on to transformedintohislikeness.com. That's transformedintohislikeness.com. If you'd like to order a copy, call 1-800-656-0231 or ask for it at your local bookstore. Transformed Into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey. So I was having my coffee the other day and I wondered, what's so special about Cornerstone Bible Fellowship? Is it the family-like environment, the Christian development classes geared for all ages, or the fact that Cornerstone Bible Fellowship believes both in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Bible? Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is committed to preaching, teaching, and counseling from God's Word. I've heard testimonies of how the biblical counseling ministry of our church helped my friend with her panic attacks, helped one believer with his anger and another who struggled with worry all by giving them solid biblical principles to help them defeat these sins in their lives. It's amazing. At Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, I'm learning that I have everything I need to live a life of victory and godliness. It's my prayer that we will reach even more people with the good news that the Bible is sufficient to meet our greatest needs. Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is currently meeting at Remington College at Great Northern. For more information, call 440-617-0002 or visit us on the web at cbfministry.org. Welcome back to Transforming Lives. This is your host, Joe Propri, with the Biblical Counseling Institute. We are here to promote the training of the average Christian to use the scriptures in understanding life, its problems, and how to help people solve their problems. Many people take our training classes by correspondence or live at various locations throughout Northeast Ohio, but they take them sometimes just for themselves not necessarily to equip themselves to counsel others, although you find the benefit when you find your own life changed, amen? And mm. you uh, you really want to help other people discover what you have, how to use the Scriptures. And that's what we're talking about, how to use the Scriptures for the purpose they were given. And the Scriptures were first were given, just to rehash for those who are just tuning in to us, Scriptures are first given to make people wise about salvation. And the passage we're in, by the way, is Second Timothy 3, from verse 15 to the end of the chapter. People need to get saved. And secondly, once they're saved, they need to be taught. We need to, another way to say it we haven't is that we need our minds renewed because we don't think right. We weren't taught right. We were brought up in a sinful, fallen world, and we have made a lot of assumptions and jumped to conclusions about things based upon the quote-unquote wisdom of the world, which is not really so smart after all. And uh, we need our minds changed. We need to see things differently. We need to understand and know God and be taught 
new about all kinds of things. The panel has been so good at helping us remember the, the doctrines and the issues of problems and people and all those sorts of things. And the second thing it says in this passage, the scriptures were given to do, is to rebuke us and to reprove us and and to uh, call us on things because we're not living according to those standards that are mentioned in that first section. Gus, you wanted you, to say you you started uh, you commented one on there uh, comment on one there just a minute ago, Joe, and that was uh, relative to our thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, when we're when we're uh, counseling someone, we have to refute their thinking. Mm-hmm. Their thinking is is upside down and backwards, and it's it's because they've never been taught the truth from God's word. Mm-hmm. So we have to refute that. We have to refute. We have to convince a man of whether this is a sin or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they say, "Well, that's not a sin." Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. I didn't. Yeah, everybody does it. And we have to convince them uh, of the truth of God's word. Uh, does God's word mean what it says about the issue you're, you've come in for counseling? Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to rebuke the way they think about God's God's word, where they think about sin, and when they, they they think about any of the issues that we're we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So we have to refute that and, re, and reprove it. Yeah, I want to be careful about our time, but you just made me made me think of some <laughs> things, Gus, that I I want to say. You know, the whole issue of changing the way people think. Uh, is so important that even the world understands that it's important to some degree. And so they understand that people don't think right. And what they've come up with as a substitute is something called cognitive therapy. therapy. So you get That's a fancy right. little word there, and, and it basically means you need to change the way you think. You have stinking thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean? But the problem is, what are we replacing the bad thinking with mm-hmm. when the world approaches it? They don't have any standard. It's God's word that renews our minds so that we're supposed to think about things the way God thinks about things, and we're supposed to, about to think about him the way he says we're supposed to think about it. So it, that's cognitive therapy biblically, is renew our mind with the scriptures, and it transforms our lives. So yes, the scriptures need to be the things that are rebuking us, but there's two more things, and one of them is correcting. Now, mm-hmm. who's going to tell us what that's that's talking about? What what do you mean by correcting someone? Isn't that the same thing as rebuking? What What is no, correction? No, correction has a, a number of ways to look at it. It, it is setting things right they're topsy-turvy and upside down we gotta we gotta take a look at them from another viewpoint so we have to set them upright we can also do this by uh, showing someone about discipline they have to be disciplined in the way they're doing they have to uh, as uh, i'm sure armin could uh, talk a lot on this they have to do the put off and put on process they have to put off what they're doing that's sinful and and put on what the Bible says they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to be able to um, have a powerful means of transformation mm-hmm. in regards to living, right. to transform their living. And, and mm-hmm. there's much of this to do in, in the correction process. So what you're saying is that the rebuking part is the part where you're pointing out what's wrong. The correction part is just saying, here's what's right. Yes. Armin, you had a neat way of saying that. Uh, oh, uh, you're talking about the way I look at these four things? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, teaching would be what's right, tells us what's right. Reproof is what's not right. Correction is how to get right. 
and training in righteousness is how to stay right. And yeah. that's right. That's it's all encompassing. And that's right. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, I think an important part of that correction, which is to make something right or put things back the way they should be mm-hmm. uh, before before you fell into this sin or whatever, an important aspect of making it right would be confessing mm-hmm. ah, the sin. Uh-huh. That Very that's, good. It's more than just saying something like, well, I guess I need to be more careful you know, in the future, so I don't do, I don't sin again in that area. You know, it's real. Uh, we need to begin with confession of that sin. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen that good, says good that stuff. he who covers yeah. his sin yeah, shall so not prosper. prosper. Yeah. But and I thought all we had to do is make a New Year's resolution. <laughs> but you know, then it's it's confess and then forsake. Yes, right. Forsake and, and that putting off and renewing the mind and putting on is. And the one who confesses and forsakes a sin shall receive what? Mercy. 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 And that's what we need. Yes. Right. We need that. Mm-hmm. Yes. God is so merciful. He doesn't just point out where we have done wrong and we have fallen short, mm-hmm. but he will correct us. Yeah. You know, the Greek word I was told um, years ago actually literally means to stand one upright mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the rebuke of God's word kind of knocks us down. Mm-hmm. But the same word of God stands us right back up right. so we can start out. Yeah. It's just the same way as surgery, right? <laughs> they cut the cancer out. Then they bind you up again, uh-huh. right? They and you know what? Seal up the wound. You know yeah. what, Joe? If if we don't do it, if uh, the person doesn't discipline himself, mm-hmm. or the uh, the counselor doesn't dis- discipline him, or the church doesn't discipline mm-hmm. him, and they're God's child, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. God will di- chastise those that He loves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to get it done. Yeah. He might have to use the police. He might have to. <laughs> who knows? Right. But but. God disciplines his children because yes. he loves them. Yeah. So we've we're talked a little bit about correction. I want to spend the last few moments on the fourth thing, which is called uh, training. Training in righteousness. And Armin, you said this is uh, uh, keeping it right. How to stay right. How, yeah. do, how do you how do that? How to stay right. How do you do that, Armin? Because, you know, there are people who will say, look, I have made some corrections. I have repented. I have confessed, Kathy, and I've, I have admitted what I've done wrong. I'm, I've bawled. I've, I've done everything you know to do. And you know what? I keep falling down in the same place. I just cannot seem to conquer this thing. I keep going back to it. I don't want to. You might not believe me because it seems like I don't really care. I'm not really sorry. But the fact is I really am, but I just can't seem to uh, overcome this thing. I keep going back. What's the use? I might as well just give up to it and figure this is my problem. This is my cross. This is my cry. The rest of my life, I'm going to battle this problem and give in to it. That doesn't sound like training in righteousness, keeping it right. What would you say to a person like that? Well, uh, we have to remember, uh, we develop patterns and, you know, patterns and habits that we have reinforced for years. And now as uh, when we're in Christ, he wants to, he exposes these. He he tells us what nits correction, what we need to change, how we can change and what we need to change too. And as we start putting on, the Bible says to put off a certain lifestyle, a certain behavior a certain attitude and put on in its place a godly one and as you do that in time you will start you will start seeing that you will start being changed you'll be transformed that's how it works that's mm-hmm. how transformation works another another uh, aspect of that is to uh, and uh, your friend your your friend and mine uh, Jim Berg has it in his book on uh, on uh, quieting the, the noisy soul and he says we have to be saturated in the word. We have to continue to be washed in the water of the word 
in the process of this so that we, we become insulated from returning to the old way. That's right. There's no doubt that it's going to take discipline and that we need to all, we, we need to, our counselees and us need to understand endurance. And, but it is keeping the mind renewed. Mm-hmm. It's just so imp- important in, a, in order to stay right with the Lord is to keep renewing our minds and then practicing what we know and learn from the Word of God. And that's going to take discipline. It's going to take endurance. What did Paul say? He said he beat his body and made it his slave. You know, I mean, it just is takes work. It is work. But it also takes a relationship. It's not, we're not talking about behavior modification. That's right. It takes a relationship. It's not, uh, like I said, not behavior modification. You want to think it's not wanting to sin against the one that I love. And that's how we need to view our relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, Kathy, I thought... I thought this was an easy thing. You get saved, you had troubles, you get saved, Jesus comes in and, boy, you know. No, oh, no. yeah, you're just going to want to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bumps really in the road easy. a few, but it, you're making it sound like a different, it almost sounds like bad news. What would you tell a person who says, look, I got saved and life seems to be tougher now? Yes. In some ways it is. When, when you, you say, welcome when, to my well, world. It's <laughs> always harder to swim up to swim upstream. Yeah. You're going against the current. But ah. you know what? The more you get to know the Lord, yes. the easier it becomes. He says, my, my commandments are not burdensome. There you go. So you but countered it with my sound load scripture. Is, my right. load is not heavy. My right. burden is light. And you know? One of Jay Adams' favorite scriptures <laughs> is this one. Is that uh, the way of the transgressor is hard. hard. Right. The way of the believer mm-hmm. gets sweeter we and sweeter. We just don't know mm-hmm. the Lord well enough. And Joe, yes. it's a joint venture. Yes, it is. It's a joint. The Bible tells us that work out your own salvation from all of these issues that we started to talk about. Mm-hmm. And God is at work into right. you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Amen. He wants this transformation more, more than, than you do. do. Right. So who do you think is going to be getting most of the work done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have our part. Yes, we must we be, we must be we must yield our members to righteousness. It says in Romans, you're quoting Philippians 2, 12 and 13 for those that are listening. That's been an exciting program, folks. And uh, next week, I don't even know what we're going to be doing yet, but it'll be based on the scriptures. We want to encourage you who are listening to tune in next week. And please tell your friends about our program, Transforming Lives, from 7 to 8 every Sunday night, usually live here on WHKW. Maybe someone out there has a topic that they would like us to, to cover. Hey, be, great idea. It'd be, uh, be nice for them to call in and, and let us know that. We'd be happy to work on that for them. Mm-hmm, yes. And so here in those last closing minutes here, just want to encourage you to check out www.bci-ohio.com, and you can find out all about our ministry to equip the body of Christ to do biblical counseling. We are affiliated with the National Association of Neuthetic Counselors and also with the International Association of Biblical Counselors now. And uh, we are able to help you become fully certified to be a biblical counselor where you can help other people. But even if you don't want to do that, you could use a sound dose of scriptures to help you mature and grow as a disciple of Christ. Remember, the Bible is there for you to change your life and to bring you eventually before the God who loves you and that you will love both now and forever. We thank you for listening to Transforming Lives. On behalf of Gus, Armin, Kathy, and myself, Joe Propri, we want to say thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Good night. You 
have been listening to Transforming Lives, brought to you by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. We invite you to visit our website at bci-ohio.com. That's bci-ohio.com. There you will find information about BCI, our resources, course offerings, and available materials. You may also write to the Biblical Counseling Institute, 8146 High Street, Garrettsville, Ohio, 44231. Your prayers and financial gifts for this ministry would be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening. This program has been sponsored by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. Free iPod Nanos every day during March at the new Chrome.